Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I am so glad that it is Monday because I love Mondays, and it's always nice to get the week started and to spend time with you. And I'm looking forward to the whole week. I've got a great week of shows. I've been working. Rosie and I have been planning and planning, and uh, today is a little bit of uh, business as usual because I get to talk to Patrick to get things started because, as you know, I think a merry heart is like good medicine. Patrick is a comedian friend of mine and a performer as well. So it's always nice to get his perspective, which is always about 3% off, which is what I like about him. (laughs) You're just a little skewed, which is what I like about you, Patrick. But you grade on a curve. I do grade on a curve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a smart TV and it was also graded on a curve, I believe, (laughs) because I could not get anything to work on it the other day. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still a little tired. Well, as you probably know, because I know you follow these kind of things, I'm a little tired because yesterday in in Des Moines, where I live, the prestigious West Des Moines, thank you for mentioning that, by the way. I was getting to that, but you you chimed in prematurely. Uh, They had an, I I guess we have our own Ironman. What does that mean? It was one of those triathlons, those Ironman things where you you bike 112 miles. And the, you swim 2.4 miles, and you then run, uh, or did I mention the 112-mile bike, and then 26 miles, then a marathon, then you okay. run a marathon. You, you do all this, and I think you have about 20 minutes to complete the whole thing. <laughs> so th- that's rough, but uh, uh, I was there at where they had the booth yesterday, where the start of it was. And then very calmly walked into the theater across the street to go see a play because I am not going to be doing uh, the Ironman. However, I did carb load just to be nice. ready. Just to get ready yeah. in the event you decided to do it. No, no. I figured carb loading is probably good for just about any activity. In Hi. fact, I carb loaded before I came on the air with you. Oh, that's so smart. That's so yeah. smart. I can count Thinking on Thinking ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today I would love to talk about dads because it's Father's Day coming up on Sunday, and this is the last time I'll get a chance to talk to you before Father's Day, and you're an awesome dad, just so you know. It's my opinion, and I think your yeah. kids would agree. Um, you know, they don't know any differently, right? They, they just, oh, I, yes, I don't know if do. the kids are at that age where are they comparing, you know, dads saying, well, you know, my dad, he can do rope tricks. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, you don't have any Super Bowl rings, do you? I mean, you're I no don't. Tom Brady. I'm not. Although I okay, so uh, about a month or so ago, I shot a video for one of the the, the 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 nicest theater in town, the nicest movie theater in town. It's an intro. Thank you for using the theaters. So I have to admit, I am uh, moved up pretty high on the pretty cool dad scale because my kids' friends will go to see a movie there, and then we will invariably get a text with a picture of me on the big screen nice. saying, I just saw your dad. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. So that, I'm going to ride that one for a long time. <laughs> Remember, I'm the guy. I yeah. was up on the big screen there. But a warm uh, and caring dad will really produce a, a much healthier mental health outcome for kids. And there is 
kids suffer fewer self-esteem issues, fewer depression symptoms if they've got a loving, caring dad in the home. Yeah, yeah. I, when did when did when did it go off the rails a little bit? There was a, I think it was the eighties or the nineties, sixties. I think it was the sixties. Yeah, sixties, yeah, but it, 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 so it started, and then it it got pretty far off because we got to the point where, and I remember people saying this, you know, you don't really need the dad in the house. And That's crazy. then there, it was really interesting. And and I knew when I was living in Los Angeles, I would know women that said, you know, I'm tired of waiting around for the right guy. So I'm just going to start my family now. Hmm. And, uh, that's an odd way to approach it, I think. Um, you know, and of course, you know, losing my dad when I was young, I, I would, I had a different perspective. I was like, well, that's kind of difficult. I know how hard it was on my mom, well, you know, some of those years and we were older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we, um, we sort of dismissed the idea that dads were necessary. And I'm kind of glad that we seem to be waking up. I hope we are waking up to, you know, this family unit thing that God designed, it works. <laughs> yes, it does. So in 1968, Patrick, there were about 60 million uh, children under 18 in the U.S. And most of they... those in my household, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, most of them lived with two parents. By 2020, the number of children living with two parents had slipped to 51 million. So we lost almost 10 million. Wow. And in, That's a lot. In 1986, the United States became the leader in fatherless families, passing Sweden. So th- that, well, two things. I don't think it can be accidental. Um, no. You know, it, it's you can't just say, "Well, gee, what a what a run of bad luck they had over there in America." <laughs> you know, there's no fathers. I don't. You know, there's just mothers. Uh, it's it was. We started marching toward that result, did we not? Mm. We just started saying, you know, I, I mean, I, I know they had people will say, well, you know, when they did that no fault divorce, what people said, this is pretty easy to get out of this. Uh, yeah, I know that's, uh, that there are marriages that are tough and, and not perfect. And sometimes, you know, uh, people say this is the only way out. My safety is at at, at risk. But um I know watching like friends, their families, you know, I, I look at the neighborhood I grew up in. So best, friend, best friends living on the other side of me and divorces on either side of me. My father dies. And so this, this trio, Dave, uh, Jimmy and I, uh, you know, the, the three amigos, no dads, mm. um, you know, two by one by death and then two by, just, uh, you know, I'm just tired of this. Yeah. Well, uh, you're, you did pretty well coming out of that uh, situation. Children in father-absent homes account for 71% of all high school dropouts, 90% of homeless and runaway kids, and 63% of youth suicide. So it, it's a very dramatic outcome when dad's not around. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> David, yeah, my good friend, and it was many years later, but... Uh, when his father was gone, he slipped into drug addiction and mm-hmm. eventually did die from overuse. Uh, and then Jimmy on the other side, uh, David was about eight years ago. Jimmy just died a couple of months ago. Um, you know, I had a little contact with him and, uh, he had had his alcohol and drug problems. It was pretty rough over there. 
uh, most of the kids had the, you know, there were seven kids there and I think six of them had a drinking problem at one point in time. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just went to sleep one night and didn't wake up and they say, well, something went wrong. And then we you know, I, I don't like those non-explanation ones, but I know that a lifetime of abuse can be pretty rough. And I don't want to blame that on the, you know, the dad not being there. I just think that that kind of stress, you never yeah. know what it's going to lead to. Yeah. And yeah. then an absent dad can not only have temporal problems, but eternal ones as well. Uh, you can you hear stories of people that say, you know, if, if God is a father, then I, I don't want anything to do with him. Um, and they're not, they're sharing those feelings, not, not because of, of, of God's actions, but because their, their dads distorted their understanding of God, yeah. which is, which is terribly sad. So praise, uh, to the dads out there that are loving and caring and they, uh, teach their, their kids about Jesus and, and are there for them and doing a great job. So I want to celebrate dads today. Okay. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, uh, you know, I qualify it. It's, uh, um, I, I give a lot of the credit for how well my kids seem to be doing to my wife, of course. And I just happen to be the innocent bystander that, that gets the praise. This <laughs> is, you're doing a good job. Dad's like, yeah, that, uh, that whole punishment thing. That was my, that was my <laughs> idea. <laughs> mm. That whole thing, making them do the cleaning of the house, putting them to work. Oh yeah. That was me. But yeah. Uh, there is, a- I, you know, as you know, I like to engage. I, I love doing engage with my kids. I love to, you know, we read ceaselessly to them when they were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I read there's some of these books. I, I think I still have them memorized. I could probably still do fly went by, by memorization, and the kids would be again, again, and I just am so grateful that I was an older dad at the time, that I said absolutely. I will, and I would sometimes read the same story six, seven times before they drifted off to sleep because they would just say, again. <laughs> so I thought, cute. I, well, I, I thought, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, my perspective was, I don't know how much time I get. I don't know how much time I get. So I have this time. Uh, it might be the one thing I've done right, you mm. know, <laughs> just to have that perspective, right? To say, mm-hmm. I have this time right now. Don't blow it. Yeah. You know? There's an interesting book, Patrick. Uh, it was called The Faith of the Fatherless, The Psychology of Atheism. And it was talking about some of the most famous atheists in history. They either had no relationship or a terrible relationship with their dads. So uh, the eternal impact of a dad is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Yeah. I, well, um, I you know, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, we saw a show yesterday that dealt with those issues and dealt with a lot of difficult issues. Uh, uh, and I was just emotionally moved by it, especially seeing, you know, this one family where the the husband and the wife and the, you know, the, the kids, it's just not happening. There's no communication. There's nothing getting along. And as, as they heal through tragedy, you just say, yeah, I do recall that, um, you know. I, I, when, when we lost my dad, my family was not really the demonstrative type. You know, we didn't do the, I love yous too well. Uh, my mom could be pretty stoic about keeping her feelings inside. Uh, it was cause you put on the good face, right? You didn't let people know you were suffering. And, uh, 18 years later, my brother died and it completely transformed our family. And we said, this is you're only shot to let the others know how you feel. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. 
you have to let the, you know, and it was, it, it's because the pain I think with my father was so great, everybody shut down. And then after my brother, the same pain, it made us all open up and rely on each other and open up to each other. Mm. Does that make any sense? I don't know. No, it makes a ton know. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all that was pent up from dad and no, nobody knew what to do with it or maybe how to lament together or mourn together. And now you're, you're kind of doing it out loud with each other and telling each other how you feel. It's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a, that's a long path. Yeah, it is. That was a, that was a, that was a long 18 years. Shall yeah. we say. But I'm glad you're doing it now. Yeah. We'll continue yeah. this conversation. Patrick Albanese is my guest. Um, hopefully you had a good relationship with your dad. Um, and if you uh, have any comments you'd like to make about uh, your relationship with dad and, and all of that, you can text it over 877-933-2484. We're just talking today about how important it is to have dad in the house and for dad to be present and loving and caring and what a difference he makes, not only in a temporal way, but in an eternal way. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. show it is monday i love mondays because i always get to be with you and i get to start the week and i always enjoy starting it with my friend patrick and we like to keep things on the lighter side merry hearts like good medicine i always believe that and i always like to have a good smile and get the week started so today patrick uh, as we are chatting about dads you know it's interesting as we watch the way uh, dads uh, and the and the um, perception of dads changes in the media i mean there was once Bonanza with Ben Cartwright. And then mm-hmm. there was Father Knows Best and Leave It to Beaver and Ward Cleaver. Then it sort of evolved into things like Married with Children, and now it's the Simpsons. So you go from Father Knows Best to Father Knows Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always, you know, even you see with TV commercials, you know, it's, uh, um, I, I'm sure, I don't know if I've shared it on the show, there was a, a formula for writing a TV commercial that they would follow, and it was women are smart, men are stupid. Uh, rule number two is kids are smarter than adults. Rule number three is animals are smarter than people. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if if the TV commercial had uh, a man, a woman, some children, an animal, eventually the animal would outsmart them all. <laughs> but it's always like, you know, the husband's out there going, golly, gee, look at this lawnmower. What's going on with it? And then the wife would have to chime in with the, well, that's the 2.5 horsepower Briggs and Stratton with the automatic electric start, honey. You're going <laughs> to love this. And then, the, you know, the kids got it hooked up to a smartphone and then some chipmunk comes in eventually and cuts the grass. <laughs> I love the part where the chipmunk comes in and, and does the work. I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just like, this has got to get done. Let yeah. me just take care of this. But uh, I know. And, and it's funny. Didn't they all follow the formula? It's it's like, you know, you always had these father figures. You had Robert Reed and the Brady Bunch. And, uh, you know, it's everybody was kind of, they were 
they were Clark Griswold, but smart. Right. I mean, Clark Griswold is always kind of like, well, you see kids, and then he'd make <laughs> something up. You know? <laughs> yeah. You see kids, the ancient Incas. Right. <laughs> what does this have to do? Yeah. Didn't you, didn't you love Andy Griffith and the Andy Griffith show? And, and yeah. just that, that way he would love on Opie and just always, always take time to be with his boy. And then, you know, movies like uh, Gregory Peck and To Kill a Mockingbird, you go, what a, yeah. power, what a powerful dad. I don't think there was one punchline in the whole movie, but wow, what a powerful dad. What a powerful dad. And, 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 you know, I get it. Okay. Comedy will sometimes turn things on its head, but then it just became, I said, well, every last one of them is a little bit of a doofus at this point in time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, is this who you want? You know, I, I'm not in charge of the household, even in the household, this guy's going to break things. He's, you know, he's not, they weren't bright and it seemed to just, they just kept doubling down on the formula. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's to the point where you say, well, does Hollywood just not like a strong father figure at all? Is this part of a bigger picture? You know, not to paint it as something completely sinister, but you go, okay, we got the joke. Now can we go back and have a, can we have the, the like a strong father figure every now and then? And they're, Hollywood's kind of like, yeah, no, we don't think we're going to go back to that mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. But I, I have to remember, they don't like the normal order of things or the natural order of things or the way the things, you know, biblical, let's show, no, they don't like that say. at all. No. So it's always going to have to boil down to the opposite. I think that's why they, they, they celebrate all the things that we say, I don't think that's good for the family. I don't think you should be having this many children out of wedlock with this many different partners. And mm -hmm. Hollywood says, no, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Say, oh, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. yeah. So my first text that came in, Patrick, I had a carefree, happy childhood with nothing but great memories with my dad. Feel very fortunate and extremely sad for those who didn't have a dad or don't think they need one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. And, and how blessed you should feel if that's your story. That's fantastic. Well, you know, it's it's it. Um, I have. Uh, I guess I guess it's a family member. I don't even know. I don't even know for sure if this is a family member at this point. But uh, he loves to buy nice things uh, for his young kids, and I keep telling him, "I was like, that's great. Engagement, please. Yes, engagement, please." I said honestly, there, there, nothing. All of that is just stuff. I said, well, you know, we've had a, a bunch of garage sales where here is a prized possession of the kid and, and they're handing it to you saying, please get rid of this. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, you know, I spent money on it. I spent effort. You had to have that thing. Um, and uh, But it doesn't mean anything. But the time you spent did. I mean, my son had a stuffed animal that, you know, he got grandma and bought it for him at this local place. And he, he loved this animal. And he gave it a, a little bit of a haircut and it got a little bit dirty. So it was a bit unique. Mm -hmm. It was a bit unique. Then the dog got a hold of it while he was at school one day and destroyed it. So I start searching. I have to replace this stuffed animal. I go to the place where grandma got it. Can't get it. And I, I eventually, I don't know how many places I went to. I finally found one. Then I had to give it a haircut. Then I had to rub it in the dirt. <laughs> then I had to run, I seriously, I ran it through the washing machine a couple of times. And by the time he comes home from school, it's back on his bed where it was before the dog ripped the previous one to shreds. Mm. And, uh, oh, that was maybe eight or nine years ago. 
And to this day, my wife still won't let me tell him. I hope he's not listening. Come <laughs> think of it. <laughs> I hope he's not either. I've never told him. Yeah. I never told him that Maria the horse, what I had to go through. And, but now Maria's, you know, in a box somewhere. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever remember the Toy Story movie. Yeah. Okay. So the, the little girl doll, Jessie gets uh, played with a lot when the girl is young in the movie and then eventually gets abandoned and she's under the bed and then she's like left in a box in a park. And and my daughter cried and for days would say how upset she was about what happened to Jesse. So I go to the store and I buy a Jesse doll and I get a cardboard box and I go to the local park and I stick Jesse in a box under the slide. And then the next time she brings it up, I say, well, we, should we go check? Maybe she's in a, Maybe she's at the park. And we go to the park and we look around and she finds the box with the Jesse doll in it. The smile. I can't, I couldn't buy, well, it was six ninety five, but I couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't buy that. Now I, I know I'm doing these to boast, but I think I go, well, these are a couple of things I did that I go, oh, these were little memorable things. Yeah. You know, she's oh, we saved Jesse. We saved the doll that was abandoned at the park. That's, I don't that's know. A that's a great fun. story. You know, you can have fun with your kids doing that. Of course. And kids get to write the memories, you know, so sometimes you, you brag about the fact that you, you got tickets to, you know, game seven of the world series and the kids go, yeah, that I, I, I kind of remember that. But what I really remember is the day we caught that salamander in the window. Well, yeah. Cause they get to, they get to write the memories. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that baseball game. I do remember that. <laughs> You ate that foot-long hot dog and got very sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we Does think it... we think we're going to have a, a big impact on some of the stories. And then the kids go and they tell different stories. And you go, that was a big deal to you? The day we caught that salamander? Really? Yeah. Completely forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, that's great. That, those are fun memories, though. Yeah, very fun. You know, I, my, my dad thought I was a great fisherman. And the truth is, I was bored. And so I was the most patient fisherman in the in the world because I'd throw the line in the water and I didn't keep dragging it out. I just sat there and daydreamed. Mm-hmm. And I always would catch something and you know, my dad would hold me up as this paragon of patience, right? You were just bored. <laughs> just look how patient. I'm going, well, I was just I was actually on Mars just a moment ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I caught a bluegill. Yeah. I uh, caught the biggest bluegill of the day. Yeah. And, uh, he was just so proud of my patience. It's look at him. That's a real fisherman. That's it's like, okay. hysterical. All yeah. right. Well, have a happy Father's Day, Patrick. And thank you again for sharing those stories. Those are very heartwarming. I love the, the doll under the slide. That's a great story. That was fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. You, you bet. Patrick Albanese has been my guest to get things started Hope you're having a happy Monday. I hope your weekend was good and your day has been productive and we're going to take a little break and come back. David Miles is hopefully out in the green room. We're going to have the Monday afternoon mix just ahead. Be right back.
It is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. And boy, oh boy, we're celebrating some praise news today. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some answered prayers. We're not going to get yep. super specific, yeah. but no. a very specific uh, answer to a very specific prayer. David Miles, I'm looking your direction. I'll leave you it at that. Are. Thank you. I'm, I'll um, leave it at that. So especially just grateful for... So many parts of our listening family and friends who have been praying for me inside a conversation today with my doctor. For those of you who know, I had a biopsy here back at the beginning of June, and it came back benign and clear. And so my doctor was very excited and just was like, we don't know exactly what happened because you're super healthy, but all I know is that you do not have any cancer. Yeah, so your doctor was excited, but I have a feeling you were more excited than your doctor. I am excited, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been really cool, and... (laughs) So, like, I'm excited, and I think, you know, this, again, speaks to the reality of the gospel because, guys, really, I've, I've felt a peace throughout this. I've not felt like this no, kind of, like, and it's really been, you know, surreal. Like, people, it's sometimes people are like, aren't you really anxious? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not, um, you know. I think uh, you meant it, too. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I'm not, like, just being, you were, like. You were really calm when you were leaving the studio the last several weeks, and I thought, you're you're not you're not making this up. You really are calm. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's not you know necessarily because like, oh, Dave's cool. No, that's not anyone who knows me. You can talk to my kids and my wife. Not cool. So, um, but yeah, it's just been it, and it's been really just it's been nice. I mean, like, it really has been. And I think, um, you know, like, I think God allowed me to go through this even with the season and the transition mm-hmm. to experience his peace in the midst of um, uncertain and changing times and just kind of new things and, 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 you know, those things. And just to kind of say like, all right, Dave, um, you know, I got you. And I mean, like, honestly, like, because we do have a firm hope in Christ, Mm-hmm. And it's not just mental gymnastics. It's not just saying some sort of mantra. It's not just, it's none of that, but because there's just this surety, there's this, there's very rich thing. You know, the Bible talks about the sure and precious promises of the Lord. I mean, like we really do have a faith that isn't just kind of pie in the sky, but it's a faith that it walks with us, you know, daily. And when the Bible says in Philippians um, 4, 6, and the peace of God, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, God means that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, that's, that's, that's a neat blessing. And even if we do feel anxious, the Bible tells us in First Peter 5, cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. So, so in this situation, like, I've been able to experience that peace. And so I don't want someone listening right now saying, man, you know, I'm going through something and I'm not feeling peace. You know, cast your cares on the Lord because there's been moments in life that I haven't felt that. And so, like, in this particular season with all the things going on, God has given this gift of peace, and I've been really grateful for it. And, you know, as one friend once said, what can you do, scare me with heaven? I mean, like... Yeah. It's so interesting because it's God... God's relationship and his provision for us. I mean, we always think of provision as financial and daily bread sort of provision, but it's a companionship, and I know we had a biopsy in our family, or I've, we've had two actually, mm-hmm. and it didn't come back, and I can benign right. and not present, 
it came back positive. And I can tell you, we still had peace. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sufficiency of his grace is, is provisional. And, you know, it, it's interesting is because I don't think his peace ever left us. Did we leave the peace and <laughs> go into worry and anxiety? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way too many times. But when you ran back to it, when you ran back to what you know in your foundation, it was always present in there. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the, the beauty of God's provision is it's not just because your test result came back positive, you were going to have that peace anyway because of who God is in your life. Well, you know, I think it's um, really neat, Rosie, that you bring up that reality. And I'm I'm kind of reminded of this book, Bill. Is there a book that talks about like, you know, praying for a miracle and yeah, like it's called the Bible. God's peace? And <laughs> oh, you pay, you're pointing at me? <laughs> yes, I'm pointing at Rosie's book. Rosie, the book, Rosie and her husband. Oh, that wrote. one. Yeah, the yeah. book, Praying for, um, Planning a Funeral. No, Praying for Healing While Planning a Funeral. Right. Because my husband's diagnosis was so detrimentally terminal. He had, you know, they thought six months from diagnosis. Yeah. And it's been 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. And I think it's important. I mean, I, I even, the title that you guys have for that, I mean, like mm-hmm. praying for healing and a miracle while planning a funeral. I mm-hmm. mean, because like sometimes we get like this either or, either it's all sunshine or it's right. all hurricane. And it's like sometimes in the midst, it's like, God, I'm trusting on you, you know, even in the midst of the hurricane and why these things are going, seemingly going awry. Well, and David... And Bill, I have to tell you, though, that what the title came from God um, taking me to task on being double-minded, though, which is he, Gary might have gone home by the pathway of cancer, but I was supposed to be staying in the moment and praying for his healing because there would be enough time to plan a funeral if that's what the direction we were going. So it's, it's about staying present with who God is in the moment and not looking at tomorrow. Because he's he's taken care of that day. I see a little bit of um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, "Oh, God will deliver us. Mm-hmm. But if He doesn't, right, we're right. still not going to bow down. Yeah. Right, right. And I say, well, God's going to heal Gary. But if He doesn't, you're right. still going to give Him the, the praise and glory. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I don't know about David. In your case, that was a wrestle. Yeah, that was a real wrestle because you have to go through this tunnel. I would call it of not feeling good enough. Um, angry because I, we had a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old at the time that they might be um, fatherless, you know, for earthly fatherless. So there was this struggle of laying each one of those concerns down, and it wasn't an overnight. And I certainly picked it back up many times, mm-hmm. right? You know, Jesus fell with the cross. I, I fell so many times. He fell three times. I fell three million, Yeah, you know, and to stand back up under it. Yeah. And I think in mine, it's like, you know, wanting to, like, because I didn't know, mm-hmm. all I know was that when it happened, it was kind of like, what in the world? And then, like, when the doctors were kind of like, when they were like a little alarm. And, you know, I I told Tammy sometimes when people say, huh, we've never seen that before. That's that's really interesting. That's unusual. And it's like, well, it's, I'm, we'll just have, and so like that, I I told her, I said, I'm, I'm kind of okay with not being special anymore in that way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I think one thing is because wanting to know, but also knowing, like, he just kept me in peace until, you know, I knew. So it was like, okay, here's the next step. Here's what happened. We don't know what it is. All right, the next step is this. And it's like, okay, I, 
you know, the heart's inclination is to be to be restless about the unknown. And it was kind of like, you know what? We're going to move to this next thing and find out. And then getting to the next thing. And, and then it's like, okay, well, we're going to still move on to the next thing. And then it's like, well, we don't like what we see here. And we're going to move on to the next thing, you know. And so um, I'm just grateful that God, you know, gives a gift of peace, that he can give his presence. And that the word of God that we encourage you, you know, I mean, like, this is part of it. You know, what, what does scripture say? He keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Mm-hmm. And I hope, like, people are catching the fact, like, it's not that I'm cool or anything like that, but I'm hoping you're catching the fact that I'm sharing a lot of scripture because it really is God's word that we encourage you in Faith Talk Radio to be getting into. And, and that's the reason why we do, like, Bible book reading things like Angela's done and others have done. We're encouraging you to get into this word so that the word gets inside of you so that when things start to happen, you know, you have this inside of you, you have these sure present problems, you have the spirit of God bearing witness and keeping your soul calm. And so like, it's not that Bill, Rosie and I are special. It's that Jesus is special and he makes himself available to us all. David, let's go back to Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3. That you cited, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So I know there's certainly people listening that are wanting to praise God for a good report health-wise, and there's other people who are suffering because they got a less than good result. And David, I know that you are in a heart full of gratitude right now. Would you pray for both right now? Pray for the ones that have received the kind of news you received, and then also pray for those who are suffering right now. Yeah, and I, I want to pray for those who are going through because, like, a week ago, like, I was blocked up and in pain, and we were about to have to go back into the ER. I mean, so, like, it hasn't just been, like, this really rosy path of everything, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for your great love for us today. And as Rosie says, you've given us this present moment as a present and, you know, call us to live into this and to live in this moment and to love those around us. And so, Lord God, you know, for those that have gotten good news, Father, I pray uh, as your heart rejoices, as they rejoice with you, as people have been praying for them, rejoice with you as well, Lord God, and and Lord, um, that they in turn can turn and testify to you. And for those that are in this this middle point, Lord, that they're uncertain about what is going on and it's like they don't know the answers yet, would you keep their hearts in per- perfect peace, Lord God? Would you give them the grace that they need right now? Would you give their doctors meticulous wisdom? And for those that have had a bad news, Lord, one that this report is just, it really just stinks, Lord, I pray that you would be so sweet and so near to them, Lord God, and that you'd speak that the hope of heaven, Lord, and even this present moment that you have given grace even in that. And so we pray for doctors. We pray for the many people that you give wisdom to researchers and the like, that you that you open their eyes to see things in your creation to bring flourishing to your people. And so we pray for those individuals today as well. So we love you, Lord. And may we as the body of Christ love well those around us in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you are having one of those weeks that just started because it is just Monday and maybe there's a, a very specific health crisis that we can pray for specifically today. We would love to do that. 
I would love to do it. And if you would just text me and let me know how I can pray, how we can pray, we'd love that, 877-933-2484. You don't have to go through this alone. We're all in this together. You know, Bill, one of the things that you you noted earlier was going to Isaiah. And, you know, the uh, the old folks used to say, you know, our saints would say, you know, either you're currently coming out of a trouble or trial, you're currently in a trial, or are you sure enough about to go into one? And and I remember one young person once said to one of the to the one of the church elders saying, you know what, I really haven't had any issues in my life. And they said, well, just keep living, right? You know. And so I bring that up because Isaiah twenty six talks about keeping uh, the per- perfect person in perfect peace whose mind is stead on you. But then when you flip ahead to Isaiah chapter thirty seven. In Isaiah chapter 37, the parallel passages of it is 2 Chronicles 32 and 2 Kings 19. And what happens in this is that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, comes and lays siege on the city of Jerusalem. And, you know, he is, I mean, these guys are in a hurt, a world of hurt. And, you know, the city is encamped around, um, you know, and... And the people, I mean, like we're looking at the fall happening of this city and people are just feeling extremely stressed out about it. And it really seems like a no way out. They plug up the springs of the water so that water can't get in. And all seems to be going in Sennacherib's favor. And like one of the peoples even makes this this testimony part. They, they make the point of saying, hey, listen, people of Jerusalem, you know, Hezekiah is lying to you. You know, that God's going to deliver you. Because in this passage, and I, one of the reasons I, it's in all these passages, is in Second Chronicles, it talks about how Hezekiah and Isaiah, son of Amos, who is the prophet of Isaiah, they come together and they seek God's faith, and God gives Isaiah a vision to speak to Hezekiah and the people. But the, but the the enemies are saying, man, you know what, guys, you listen, don't trust. You know, God, you're not going to be delivered. And then they make the boo boo, and they make this statement, and they say, listen, there has never been any nation or any nation's God that has been able to deliver them out of Sennacherib's hands. And they go on to say, and your God can't do anything either. And I remember one of my Bibles that I had, I wrote, uh-oh. <laughs> and what goes on to happen is, you know, the Lord gives a word to him and says, guys, listen, don't stress out. I got this. And in in Second Kings 19 and in Isaiah 37, there's a verse that says, and in one night, the angel of the Lord slayed 185,000 Assyrians. Mm. So that the next morning they woke up and they looked around and there were all these dead bodies. And the Lord had told Isaiah, listen, Sirachim not going to lay one hand on Jerusalem. Matter of fact, the way he came is the way he's going to go. And that's exactly what happens. Sennacherib, upon that moment, ends up actually there being a war in his back country and has to go back. And while he's worshiping their God, his two sons actually assassinate him in their temple. And so, like, you know, this might not seem like a really big thing. And Jade and I were reading this passage together this morning um, until you turn to Matthew's gospel and you have Jesus in the garden. And what happens is, is when Jesus is tempted and then, um, you know, the, the chief priests and Judas and all these people show up and Peter 
slices off the the high priest's servant's ear, and Jesus says, put your sword away. Do you not think that I could call 12 legion of angels at this moment to come to my side? So what am I getting at? Well, in a Roman legion, there's between 4,200 soldiers and 6,400 soldiers. So Jade and I did the math this morning. And that comes out to 9.32 billion up mm. to 14.2 billion people. So right now there's 7.8 billion. It's the most people that ever existed. Guys, this is what this means. Jesus in the garden had the ability to call enough angels to wipe out the entire known creation, and yet he still went to the cross for us. Mm. That is some serious math. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we would like to pray. If you have a very, very specific prayer request that's like today, and you you need to be in fellowship with other believers and in prayer, let me know. 877-933-2484. Be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. We started off with some praise news, and we often get that, and oftentimes we don't. So I just wanted to invite anyone listening right now who might be in sort of a sense of urgent need for prayer, and when you're in urgent need, you want you want peeps around you. You want people to be walking through it with you, and we want to do that. So I, if I can, just I'll read a couple of these prayer requests that have come in, and then we can just pray. Does that sound okay to you, Rosie and Dave? Love yes. it. Love it. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, my sister-in-law, Stacy, broke her neck in a motorcycle action, is in surgery now. And without a miracle, the doctors say she will be paralyzed. Mm. So that's pretty urgent. Um, another uh, ovarian cancer since 2021, and the CT scan is on Wednesday to see how the last round of chemo has worked. And uh, husband James, 36, and just had open heart surgery. He just had a heart transplant when he was 15. So we got to pray for strength for him. Um, so we've got some more prayers. Um, a few days ago, my chronically sick, very weak daughter was told by her husband that he wants a divorce. And she's feeling devastated. So... Mm. Um, and praying for my cousin. She's stage four cancer and was recently put on hospice. So there's there's lots mm. of, of prayers. Uh, so, um, Rosie, would you pray for, for Jamie and for the chronically sick daughter? Mm-hmm. And, David, would you play, pray for um, the ovarian cancer uh, listener? Yes. Okay. And I will clean up the rest. Okay, 
So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your sacrifice on the hills of Calvary. Thank you that we can enter your throne room right now. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us the authority of your name, that you have been victorious over all of these prayers already. Lord, we are asking for heaven to come here to onto earth through your name, Jesus, through our hearts that are connected with these fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we lift up uh, Jamie with stage four cancer, Lord. Um, In our human eyes, that looks like she's going to be seeing you quickly and we'll be walking on streets of gold. But Lord, if it is not of your will and you need someone to ask, you're asking for us to ask, then we do. We come before you for a miracle of healing, over cancer, Lord, every knee must bow and to your name, Jesus, and that includes cancer. So, Lord, we just ask for a healing. We also ask for peace. Um, we don't know your plan, Lord, but we know on this side of heaven to ask and that you will have healing, whether it here or in heaven. Lord, be with this family that if Jamie is going home, that you would surround them with your abundant love. And Lord, I pray also for... Um, this uh, daughter who has chronic illness for their marriage, Lord, as she is feeling like she is abandoned, uh, Lord, you are our bridegroom. You are our constant companion. Would you bless her, Lord? And Heavenly Father, I want to just also just pray for um, this your sister whose husband's thinking about going. And Father, um, there's another place in Scripture where a man thought about putting away his wife, and that was Joseph with Mary. And I pray, Lord, that you would come and speak in a definitive way uh, to this man, Lord. And I I pray uh, not only the love of God, but the fear, reverence of God. And uh, as Scripture says that this is your your bride, as it says in Malachi chapter 2. And I pray that you would speak to his heart, Lord, and that you give him courage, Lord, and give him love, uh, to lay down his life and to die for his wife as as husbands are called to. Father, uh, I pray for this dear sister who has ovarian cancer and waiting for this CT report. And my heart especially just goes out to her having uh, seen my sister go home to be with the Lord from adrenal cancer. And uh, uh, Lord God, um, of, of starting with the two-month prognostics of life and that extending for six years. But Lord Jesus, you are the great physician. And so I pray that you would pick up her chart, that you'd minister healing, Lord. And I pray that you would delight to astonish the doctors and the medical staff, that you are God of heaven and that you are able to do immeasurably more than we ask or think. And we pray, Lord, for just a special sweet communion of your spirit, Lord Jesus, with this dear sister and with her family right now. And we ask this in Christ's name. And Heavenly Father, there is concern, of course, for James who's only 36 and had open heart surgery and he had a heart transplant at a very young age. So we need uh, uh, to take our prayer request to you and place uh, the worries that we would have into your hands and to ask humbly to restore your beloved son, James, to strong, vibrant health again and give him the vision for a powerful ministry Uh, As a result of these uh, operations, give him the courage to speak boldly at all times. I also pray for uh, Jeannie's sciatica as she continues to have concerns about that. And I also just want to pray protection and health for MGS. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Can we just add the one gal who's in surgery right now, quick? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Was that me or you? I don't know. It doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, no, please. I'll lift That's... it up. So, so Lord, we just also know that there, um, a sweet sister-in-law is uh, under surgery right now, that mm. she may be paralyzed. But, Lord, this is it. This is the tension. It's that only your hand and the um, be with the doctors who you have taught about medicine and their heart for healing. But it is your hand, oh God, that brings complete and full restoration. So that is what we are asking of you. You are a God whose will is to bind our wounds and heal our diseases. So, Lord, we are asking you to be healer, Lord. And for all these prayers, be healer, God. And um, let us sing of your glory. For this we pray in your almighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, David. Thank you, Rosie. I love praying. I love asking people how we can pray. And if you uh, just tuned in, send me your prayer request because I'll probably be up way early in the morning. Because <laughs> You up do get up early. Way, three oh o'clock this morning. Oh, boy. Which is not early. That's the middle of the night. Yeah, that's kind of but it's that's too early. It's sweet. It's but you have these list of prayers, though, I and I know you prayers. pray. And I, I do. do. I make. I put on my coffee and I start praying. And yeah. you have a list of prayer. And our listening family, you have a list of prayers. Yeah. Yes. So all of us to be continuing to pray for. Mm-hmm. 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 So thank you uh, very much. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Dr. Andy Scudiga says he's in the green room, but I haven't seen him. But he is here apparently, according to his text. And we are going to talk about procrastination. You know that old kicking the can down the road. Why the lethargy? Completing tasks is energizing. We're going to talk about that right when we come back with Dr. Andy Scuttinger. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.